Don't touch that screen. You have found the special edition of Thinking Through Autonomy. Please follow us on Twitter at CatalystGo, all one word. That's C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-G-O, CatalystGo, which is the parent company of this podcast, Thinking Through Autonomy. Our episode today is being recorded on July 22nd, 2020. First question I think I want to answer here is, why is this a special edition podcast? Well, it's special because first, we don't have any guests today. It's just me talking. And that's really a departure from our usual format. And I also, I'm dispensing with the usual bumper music from our good friends over at Cloud9 Music. And I guess you're probably asking the question, hey Ken, where have you guys been since February? And that's what I want to talk about these days. I want to talk about what's going on with Thinking Through Autonomy. And I'd like to talk about my company Catalyst Go for a little bit. Not to sell, but just to kind of give some context to the comments and maybe a little bit of context to the show as now we're about to enter our third season. So our last episode was done in February of 2020 with Luke Fox, who is CEO of White Fox Defense. And that was just right before COVID hit, just like a week or two weeks before COVID hit. And really what we had planned was after that episode to take just about a two month break. <laughs> and why a break? Uh, podcasting is actually a little harder than it looks and it sounds. And I needed to take a rest. We all needed to take a rest from this because at the pace that we were going, we just kind of got worn out. And I also wanted to kind of refresh the show format, see if we were doing things the right way, get some feedback from the audience, and just kind of understand if we're hitting the right tone or if we're not hitting the right tone, if we're bringing on the right guest or we're not. And that's what the whole two-month break was about. You know, typically before we even get a guest, we do just about 16 hours of research. That includes looking at the guest background. And maybe the, the, the funnest part for me is finding that little factoid that a guest has maybe forgotten about her or his life and talking about it and making them remember, hey, this is how you got in the business or, hey, this is who you were before you came this famous CEO. And I, and I really love doing that. And there's also, we've got countless administration that goes on uh, before, after, and during a podcast. And that's, you know, things like getting the web pages updated, getting the tweets ready to go, doing coordination um, between all the various press organizations, you know, whether it's the press organization from the company or it's us here, and just getting the coordination out of the way. And also, there's a lot of post-production work. And that post-production work, that's done by, by my good friend Aaron Watson over at Piper Creative in Pittsburgh. And he's responsible really for how great this show sounds. I mean, I'd, I'd be squeaky and everything if it wasn't for Aaron taking my voice and cleaning it up. So, so hats off to Aaron. Basically, at the normal temple for this podcast, it's a huge time commitment. Plus, I also have a day job. And that involves kind of being the on-call CTO for our aerospace and investment industry clients. 
One of the reasons that I insist on doing all this research and all of the work that leads up to the actual recording of the podcast is frankly, I can't stand lazy hosts. And you could tell if you're listening to a lazy host on a podcast, if she or he starts out by saying, oh, so tell me about yourself. Hey, what kind of dog do you own? What's the color of your house? And as soon as I hear that, it says to me two things. First off, that the program didn't take the time to research the person that they're interviewing. And, you know, I, I find that kind of sad. And second off, it's kind of sad because they're not able to get the best out of their guests. And I'd like to think that, that we do that. I think you need to understand who you're interviewing. You need to understand who these people that are giving you their precious time really are. And, and I like understanding people as people and not necessarily as the slick, shiny sales brochure that maybe accompanies them in, in their professional role. And by doing this, some really amazing things have happened on this program. You know, for instance, if I wouldn't have done any research at all, I wouldn't know that Amy Corte, who's president of Arrow Street, has this passion about sustainability and resilience and affordable housing. And that's really what drives her as she designs buildings that are going to have drones land on them, autonomous vehicles pull into their parking garage, and advanced air mobility vehicles land on their roofs. But that's, that's the foundation that Amy brings. I had this other wonderful guest, Israel Stahl. He's an inventor. He's a lecturer on creativity. And if I wouldn't have sat down and talked to him and done the research, I would have never have known that he was at SpaceX and he designed key parts of the Falcon 9 rocket. And every time now, and I hope you too, when you see a Falcon 9 rocket land on the drone ship, you'll know that Israel Stahl was one of the people who brought this miracle and this revolution to us. And Israel even did things like design Pez dispensers and torpedoes. And then our last guest, Luke Fox of White Fox Defense. He's an amazing humanitarian. He's a children's right advocate, and he's trained as a human trafficking investigator. And so while you and I might know him as a drone wizard, oh, it goes much deeper than that. Then when I think about Bonnie Simi, who's president of JetBlue Ventures, she was an Olympian before she went to the top of the aviation investing world. And in everything we talked about and everything I read about her, that experience drives her worldview. And you wouldn't know that if you just asked, Bonnie, where, where are you investing your money today? You know, it goes back to me and my commitment to you to say, I want to bring out what drives and what motivates the people who are bringing us the revolution in autonomy. That's what makes the job fun for me, and I, I hope that's what makes the listening wonderful for you. In the end, I'm not, I'm not smart. It's just I know how I want to have the show put together, and I want to work harder than just about anybody else to give you something that you enjoy listening to. Since February, there are other things that we were working on during this planned break. And that was to look at the format of the show and update it. So I have this good friend, Ian McLeod of Cloud9 Music, and he supplies our soundtrack. And I really think that there are better ways to use his music and introduce guests. That's what that 
original two-month time off was supposed to be about. Well, then came our friend COVID. And let me just start by saying, my heart is out to you if you or your family, any loved one you know, your friends were touched by COVID. This is a tough disease. My wife and I had it, and that was the first week of February. We were lucky, but I know not everyone is as lucky as us. So my heart is out to you in these challenging times. I mean, I can't begin to imagine the way all the lives of all the people who listen to this show have been touched. I can't imagine it. But boy, I, I feel for the folks who have lost their jobs. I feel for the people who've lost meaningful parts of their employment because of this. I just want you to know you're in my thoughts. COVID has also changed not only people, but industries. And frankly, the industry that's closest to what we do and where we operate, and that's my company, Catalyst Go, that's really focused around the airline industry. As we all have seen, the airline industry has essentially cratered since March. As the airline industry cratered, it's taken down the UAS industry with it as well. And you probably wonder, well, why? Those are two different things, Ken. Airlines and UAS, they're not, they're not really the same thing. But what you have to remember about the airline industry is that there are thousands and thousands of companies that offer the airline industry services and components. And as the airline industry has retracted, has ended flights practically, these companies have been dragged down as well. And so as a result, when they lose their largest sources of revenue, that hurts them how they supply the UAS industry. Frankly, the airlines are fighting for their existence right now. It looks like they will be losing over $84 billion in 2020. And if you say that's a lot of money, you can think about it this way. Globally, they are losing about $230 million a day for the rest of the year. But you know, there are plans for recovery. One of my favorite aviation publications ever of all time is The Air Current, and that's led by John Ostrauer, and he's formerly from CNN, and he was their aviation editor. And this is what he calls the current airline recovery plans, and that essentially says, we're just going to keep adding more and more flights and more and more seats, even though it looks as of July 2020 that bookings for the third and fourth quarter are plummeting. And he says, what the airlines are thinking about right now is equivalent to having a knife fight in a life raft. Yeah, so that is kind of tough. And if we go back and we just maybe return the focus to the UAS industry, you know, everyone sees a different slice of this elephant. But I'll tell you the slice we're seeing here at Catalyst Go. Investors forms a, a very strong part of our business. We're seeing their investments in UAS and especially the platforms and the sensors effectively drawing up. And it's not because they don't have interest in these technologies. It's because they have changed their focus to COVID recovery, and they are looking to find companies that can offer them opportunities in helping combat COVID. So that's taken several of our tech clients and have them focused in the healthcare industry. So that's been a change. And that's changed our business model as well. Prior to COVID, we had about a 95-5 balance, and 95% of our business is about doing technical evaluations for customers. Hey, does that sensor system work exactly the way they say it does? 
Does that camera fit into the UAS? Does that camera bring us the resolution of pictures that we're looking for? And we also do policy studies. If my company does XYZ, how will the FAA take it? Or how do the FAA's regulations affect my business opportunities in the future? 95% of the business. And then there was 5% that was management training, helping companies harness the innovation within their workforces, developing workforces that are able to be more creative and innovative. And that was about 5%. Now, if we look in the post-COVID world, our business models kind of flipped around. 95% of what we do focuses on management training and management support. And only 5% is on tech and policy. The good news in all that is we were ready to respond. You know, the bad news is I don't think we anticipated essentially having our business model here at Catalyst Go being flipped upside down. And I do realize that having my business model flipped upside down is a whole lot better than having my business model completely disappear. And I know that there are many folks, some who may be listening, that have had their companies disappear, that have had their life passion in their jobs disappear. So I'm not complaining about the fact that my business model changed, but I wasn't expecting that kind of change in business model. But there is a silver lining in all of this, believe it or not. And one of the things I have always found the most satisfaction in is doing these podcasts. We have found over COVID is that the number of listeners we have is increasing and our audience is growing. I find that remarkable that that audiences have taken the time like you to tune in and listen and find out about the innovative things going on. And our numbers have changed since March. And I want to talk just a little bit about the audience, you the listeners. One of the things that I want to caveat this entire conversation with is that podcast numbers are voodoo science. If anybody tells you, they can tell you how many people are listening to your show, that, well, quite frankly, I have found over the last two and a half years to be something to be very skeptical about. One of the things we do is we are hosted on SoundCloud, but yet we have distribution on Spotify and iHeart and Apple and Stitcher and Google Play and literally about 20 other platforms I didn't know about until I Googled Thinking Through Autonomy and scratched my head and said, we're being carried in Estonia? We're being carried in Australia? And we're on these services down there? How the heck did that happen? So we've got pretty widespread distribution, and I'm happy for all of our partners that are able to do that. And also for a time, we used something which we thought was going to solve all these problems. That was a service called PodTrack. For those of you who don't understand and have taken um, an interest in how these podcasts are distributed, Essentially, there's an RSS feed. Apple will ping the RSS feed and the RSS feed will say, okay, here's a new episode of Thinking Through Autonomy. Here's the title. Here's the picture that goes with it. Here's the sound, the, the content. Here's the sound file type. And what PyTrack does in that whole RSS feed, it puts a little token that records that this song was played. It's not a tracking token. So I don't know who you are, who's listening. And, you know, this is what we found using PodTrack. Nothing ever agrees to PodTrack. And that's not a hit on PodTrack. But what it is saying is that if I get statistics from SoundCloud, they will disagree from PodTrack. If 
For instance, if SoundCloud says 300 people today listen to this podcast on iTunes, Apple will come up with a totally different number. PodTrack will come up with a totally different number. And there was one day where we had 300 listens, according to SoundCloud, but it only showed like 25 on Apple, and it only showed, I think, like 13 on PodTrack. And so I'm scratching my head. So anyways, long way of saying it's kind of a mystery. Now, we all know this show is not Joe Rogan's show. I'm not saying we have millions of listeners or tens of thousands of listeners but we do have thousands of listeners. I'm really happy about that, and I'm very thrilled that you're tuning in. And I want to tell you maybe just a little bit more about the backstory of thinking through autonomy before I start talking about what we've seen in terms of listenership over the last several months. So back in 2018, I took the jump. I got myself a Tascam Linear PCM recorder. I got two lapel microphones, and I grabbed my good friend, Akmel Ali. Akmel is one of the premier experts on Safety Act, and that is a insurance plan that DHS offers. And I said, Akmel, you have to be my very first guest ever, and I wanna record a podcast with you. I said, Akmel, I'm gonna do everything right on this. So what did I do? I, I recorded the podcast with Akmel, I got placement of the podcast in newsletters. I paid for a couple ads. I sent out thousands of emails to my mailing list, had some friends carried on their Facebook page and thought, holy cow, who would not want to hear and listen to Ken Dunlap on Thinking Through Autonomy? Who would not? I mean, these thousands of people were contacted. At least thousands of them should listen in. Clicked record, recorded a great episode with Akmel. And then I made a fatal mistake. I sat on SoundCloud and I was waiting for those numbers to go ching, 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 ching. And in the end, I think on that very first episode, we had three total listeners. And that was probably myself, for sure, Akmel, and I believe my wife. And that was it. All that time, all that effort, all of that good help from Akmel, three total listeners. Or at least that's what SoundCloud told me. You know, I was kind of bummed. I was kind of bummed because, again, I thought with all of these friends of mine, you would have to think that a couple more than three people would be interested. But, you know, I'm not going to stop. I didn't stop because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy recording podcasts. So then I recorded a couple more episodes and we got more listeners. I think we had between 10 and 20 listeners a month, as reported by SoundCloud, for the next several episodes. And again, I was bummed by that. I mean, did everything right. Newsletters, ads, emails, Facebook, the whole nine yards. And then something happened in October of 2018, which to this day, I can't explain. We went from 10 to 20 listeners a month to about, according to my favorite SoundCloud, 300 a day. I was scratching my head and I I did not know who might have carried this podcast, who might have tweeted it, who might have put it on Facebook. I don't think I'm good enough, good looking enough for Instagram, so I don't know if anybody posted the cover of the show there. But somehow, word got out, and that's when everything took off. You know who you are. You know, you may be that person who, in October of 2018, made mention of this podcast to your social network, and I can't thank you enough. So if you are that person, and, and please let me know, because I have a lot of thanks, a lot of thanks for you. So our numbers have kept growing ever since. 
And that tells me that what we're doing here is really paying off. We're hitting the right tone, we're getting the right content, we're getting the right people, and I'm really thrilled by that. And I guess the question you may be asking is, so what happens next on Thinking Through Autonomy? Well, the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna shorten the format to just about 30 minutes. Uh, in the past, we've gone anywhere from about 55 minutes to about an hour and three, hour and four minutes. And what we found pretty consistently is right around the 40 minute point, that's when listeners start, start to drop off. And I can understand that. We thought that by making the content a little denser, the format a little crisper, and the show a little shorter, that we're going to hold a larger portion of that audience through the entirety of the show. And also, we're doing something called the three-minute micro-podcast. And these are going to be focused on one specific issue. So if you want to know about Section 44807, which allows a UAS to be operated over 55 pounds, and you only want to know the facts, we're going to have a micro-podcast on that. So these are short podcasts to get out brief messages that are just content rich. And we, we know we can do that in three minutes. We've got a couple that we recorded as trials that we'll be posting soon. And, you know, this whole thing, we're going to be picking up where we left off. We're going to be doing something incredible. We're going to be going under the sea and talking to a company that builds autonomous submarines. We're going to be going to the moon. We're going to be speaking to a company that is building a lunar lander. We're going to focus more on autonomous cars. We've got some great people who are working on sensors to exploit LiDAR and to make the cars more agile in what they see and how they respond to it. We're going to talk to an amazing woman who's broken barriers in the aviation system of her country, and she's become a hero to young girls. Amazing story, and we'll have her here as well in the, in the next season. And we're going to do all this one last episode I forgot about. We're going to talk about the criminal element when it comes to autonomous vehicles. Because there's going to be a day in the future where crime is going to be conducted either by a drone or either by, you know, a vehicle that's going to be fully autonomous. And the question is, and this is going to be a fascinating discussion we have, what tools does law enforcement need to do the forensic work to be able to understand who did the crime and how they did it. Great new season coming up. We'll be dropping more episodes soon. Thank you for joining me on this special edition. This is Ken Dunlap from Catalyst Go. Please make sure you sign up on Twitter for our feed, Catalyst Go, all one word. And you can also find us on LinkedIn, our parent company, Catalyst Go. And you can also find Thinking Through Autonomy on LinkedIn as well. Please send us a connection request. We'll connect right away. We're happy to have you. Thanks for joining us.